0: What if I told you that there was a leadership tool available to you that costs nothing and would offer you the following? It would increase both engagement and alignment with your people. It would improve trust and enhance performance and productivity. Would you be interested? Welcome to The Real Leadership Podcast. My name is Chris Oppst. I've spent the last 25 years going deep with leaders on the real challenges they face, the stuff that keeps them up at night. Are you ready for raw and honest conversations and the reality that self-leadership and personal growth are the keys to you being the leader that you were meant to be?" Well hopefully all of you said yes. And the tool that I'm talking about is probably a bit of a buzzword in the leadership circles and it's something that's underutilized or utilized poorly or inconsistently. And what I'm referring to is feedback. So imagine someone walking up to you in the middle of your day and saying, I've got some feedback for you. And if your initial response wasn't, oh great, something I can learn from, someone being open and honest with me, who's sharing information to help me develop, then you're probably like most of us, which means you're not Living and working in a healthy feedback culture. And this isn't meant to disparage your team, your manager, your organization. It's just to acknowledge that the reason why, and, and, and you know, there's studies year after year done about why employees leave organizations, and I know right now there's a fight for, for talent in every one of the clients I'm working with. But one of the reasons why people leave is because they aren't getting enough feedback and I've heard this over and over again, and all the research tends to support that, that people wanna know where they stand. The people on your teams, in your organizations, wanna know how they're doing, good, bad, and otherwise. So if it's such a simple, (laughs) cost-effective, and powerful tool, why do we struggle? Why don't we offer more feedback? Well, there's a bunch of reasons for that. And so, you know, in today's podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about feedback because it's been coming up. I've, I've done webinars on it in the past weeks. I've had lots of conversations with my executive coaching clients about giving effective feedback to their teams. And I think, you know, part of what we have to do is unpack the dysfunction around feedback. And I've, I've, I've worked with leaders many times that, um, you know, it's the language of feedback that's that kind of gets in the way. And what I mean by that, I've worked with leaders who say, oh, Chris, I'm really I'm really good at giving praise, but I'm not so good at criticizing. That's like awesome. Good to understand that. Now let's talk about feedback. And I'm, you know, I don't mean to be cheeky, but what I'm referring to is that criticism and praise are not feedback. They may be disguised as feedback, just like insults can be disguised as feedback, or manipulation can be disguised as feedback. But feedback is the open, honest sharing of information with someone about their behavior in an effort to help them improve. So the key word there is behavior. And I know when, when folks struggle with giving feedback, they're afraid of either. And, and, and this could be one of two camps you fall in. You're either afraid to give constructive feedback because you don't wanna demoralize someone, you know, you're uncomfortable with it because it feels like conflict you're uncomfortable with how they're going to react to it Right now, there's other leaders. I've worked with that don't want to give what we call positive feedback That some people refer to as praise or compliments because they don't want people to take their foot off the gas There's an assumption that if I give you praise You're going to relax and not work hard and I, I think both of these words praise and criticism don't belong in feedback because feedback is about behavior. So you can criticize someone, you, you can criticize someone, they're who they are as a person, but as a leader, if you're trying to motivate someone, if you're trying to improve their performance, you're barking up the wrong tree. So one of the things we got to get our heads around is that the language that we're using. So I, I personally, and, and, you know, I played with different models over the years, I really like the words positive and constructive because everyone knows what positive is it's sort of like that thumbs up let's keep doing that so i want to acknowledge what you're doing that's working and reinforce that and and tell you why it's working and why it's a behavior um, that we want to see you continue to do or do more of and why i like the word constructive for what we would refer to as negative feedback is because construction is about building and so it's about building on a behavior changing a behavior or building your skill set so that you can operate it at a higher level or at a more effective level. So where do we start with this? Like if you wanna become better at giving feedback, by the way, the 2.0 or 3.0 version of this for my listeners is when you get really good at giving feedback, you're now ready to start asking for feedback, like truly seeking it out. And now you're, now you're operating at a higher level as a leader when you're seeking feedback as voraciously as you're looking to give feedback. But I think to get started, one of the things you got to get your head around is what's your relationship with feedback? And a lot of that comes from, like everything else that we're doing, comes from our early days on this planet. So what was feedback? How did feedback show up in your world early in your life? So what was the household like? When, when you did something that was good or not so good, how was your behavior corrected? Were you belittled? Were you ignored? Did you get punished? Did you get false praise? So we all have a story around that. And that's just in our household. And now you're, now you're off to school. What were the school teachers like with you when you behaved in a way that they liked or didn't like? What was the messaging that you got? Early days playing in sports or, you know, learning to play piano or guitar. What was the messaging when you did something well or not so well? How did you hear about it? All of these things shape your experience with feedback and they color how you're doing it now. And unless you understand that, you're, you're kinda gonna be guessing and you're gonna default to some of your own patterns. So we all have patterns around this. I remember my first coach told me, um, Chris, you plant flowers around your feedback. And what he meant by that is that I delivered constructive feedback in a very vague manner. Um, the positive feedback came more naturally to me. It would, you know, I was always a believer in, in to praise people, build them up, make them feel good, and then they'll, their confidence will grow and they'll develop. And you know, part of that I got right, but part of it was just me defaulting to my own comfort zone. You know, so when it was time for me to, to deliver constructive feedback, it would sound something like this. Uh, Hey, Bill, there's something I, I, I need to talk to you about. And, you know, we're, we're, we're so darn glad to have you on the team here. We really appreciate it. You do so many things for us. And um, every once in a while, you do this thing. That, and, you know, I, I can't even remember the last time it happened. But, you know, every once in a while, you do this thing. And so Bill leaves the conversation. And what did he hear? Well, he heard, basically, that his manager is really happy with him, that all he does is contribute, positives. there's some little thing that's not even a big deal. And so when my coach said that i plant flowers around it it was like these softening statements that were i was doing it to take the sting out of the constructive feedback what was interesting is i was doing a disservice to bill i wasn't clear in my communication there was nothing for him to learn from it and so as i started to dig into this what i thought was happening is that i was softening the constructive feedback because i didn't want to make bill uncomfortable so that's the story i hung on to through I'd say most of my (laughs) thirties. It's an easy story to fall into. It sounds like I'm a, I'm a nice guy manager that doesn't want to hurt people. Now, as I started to evolve, um, and by the way, sticking around this planet has some benefits. One of them is when you start to really understand yourself and scrutinize your behavior, not to beat yourself up, but to actually understand yourself. And what I learned to understand was that my hang-up around feedback wasn't about making poor Bill uncomfortable. It was about making me uncomfortable. And further to that, it was about me wanting to be liked. So, if I don't give Bill direct, constructive feedback, the risk of him uh, not liking me drops tremendously. So, that's just an example of understanding your own relationship. And, and you know, like all the work that I do, when I ask you to, to reflect or look at your, your background at work and educationally and, and in your household it's not about placing blame it's not about finding fault with your teachers or previous bosses or your current boss or your parents but it's about recognizing that our collection of experiences shapes us and it colors how we're going to operate and what we default to so i'd say understanding your own relationship with feedback is really healthy so some of you may be more comfortable with what we call constructive feedback and others are more comfortable with positive feedback the point is if you're going to um, operate at a higher level as a leader, we want you comfortable with both types of feedback because they're both important. And, and you know you may say, why is it so darn important? Because I know lots of leaders and teams that operate without feedback. And it doesn't mean you can't get the job done. And usually when I'm doing a workshop or a training around this, I give this analogy of, you know, imagine a car, so a traditional car that has a dashboard with an instrument panel. If we took a piece of cardboard and some masking tape and covered up that dashboard, and put you in the cockpit of the car, could you drive the car? So the windshield is clear, you can see the gas pedals and brake pedals and gear shift work. Can you drive the car without the instrument panel? And the answer is yes, you can drive the car. You can get from point A to point point B. But what does that instrument panel tell you that could change the quality of that trip or that drive in the car? So we have information about how much fuel we have how hot the engine's running, how fast we're going, right? So there's information there that can make the ride more effective, more efficient, safer, more fun, that aren't available to us if we cover up that dashboard. And feedback's very similar. So you can carry on just defaulting and your team can carry on defaulting to their patterns and their experiences and their skill sets. But when we don't share feedback, we're actually robbing people of, of an experience and we're also robbing them of an opportunity to grow. And when we rob the people around us of an opportunity to grow, um, we're actually robbing ourselves of an opportunity to grow. This concept of a, of a growth mindset is kind of important here. And, and um, you know, a growth mindset is one that, that believes that we all have the potential to change and grow and learn things. So uh, the opposite of a growth mindset is, oh, I, I suck at math. Okay. Well, maybe relative to the three people that you were in math class with, you feel less competent at math. And that could be very true. You could be the C student and you sat with three A students. Okay. So relative to them, you now believe you suck at math. A growth mindset is, well, right now I'm not that proficient at math. It's going to take me more effort to get good at math, which is very different than I'll never be good at math or I suck at math. And so if you have a growth mindset you will understand that feedback both giving feedback and receiving feedback is a gift and it's about growing as an individual so without the feedback you don't have the inputs to improve your performance to improve your behavior for a lot of us we have to understand that It is a gift, even though in the moment it can feel uncomfortable. Um, I usually do this test with with a group of people if I'm working with them live. I say, if you had lunch with somebody that you just met, so this isn't a close friend or family member or colleague, it's someone you just met, you just had lunch with them and you notice they have a piece of food in their teeth at the end of the lunch. Do you, 100% certainly, are you certain that you would tell them that they have food in their face? And you know what, when I ask a large group of people, it's rare or almost never that all the hands go up. So, which means there's some people that say, yes, I'll have lunch with you. And if I see you have a piece of parsley or broccoli in your teeth, I will say nothing. So what's that about? Well, usually they say, ah, it depends on the person. I don't want to make them uncomfortable. I don't want to feel uncomfortable. So there's, there's something there around this exchange of information that is true as you see it, that you're hesitant to share. And again, there's no right or wrong, there's just an awareness. And when I ask the people who say 100% certain, I would, I would share that with them. I say, why, why would you tell them? So well, I would wanna know. I wouldn't wanna rock, walk around with parsley in my teeth all afternoon. I would want someone to tell me. Well, it's the same thing in the workplace on Teams. If someone's behaving in a way that's too aggressive or too passive, right, or not clear, or they're, you know, they have a mean resting face, like this, this is information that's helpful to them. And you know what's interesting is if everyone takes the path of least resistance saying, well, I don't want to make them uncomfortable, I don't want to make me uncomfortable, how many years go by before people actually get feedback and get a chance to change that behavior? And what's interesting is I, as I work with executives, the higher up the food chain you are in an organization, the less feedback you get, certainly of the constructive kind the it's very hard and those those ceos and senior vps that that are listeners you know what i'm talking about those no, there's no shortage of people around you they're going to kiss your behind and tell you how wonderful you are and they love your vision and you're the best leader they've ever worked for and then if you ask them for a constructive feedback they'll double down on how wonderful you are you really got to dig for it because they're afraid they're afraid to be honest and i'm not saying that that fear doesn't come from an honest place because maybe they tried to give feedback to a leader in the past and it didn't go well. Um, you know, maybe it, maybe it felt like a career limiting move or maybe they got ostracized for it. One of the big pieces here when I'm encouraging leaders to enhance and improve their feedback is to start to think of it as a culture. So not an event, that little tester that I did with you at the start of the podcast where I said, I've got some feedback for you. Can I give you some feedback? What happens to you? That feels like an event. So if I'm gonna call Julie down to my office in the middle of the day, she's walking, she reports to me, she's walking by everyone else and sits down in my office, sort of like, you know, hearkening back to high school and being called to the principal's office, right? It's an event. And if we're not used to sharing feedback, there's all kinds of stress and anxiety that are coming up for her and maybe me. So just to fast forward to the the state where I'm trying to encourage you is where feedback is part of the culture, meaning we regularly give and receive both constructive and positive feedback freely. And it's not a tally where I gave them, well, I gave them three pieces of constructive, therefore I better give them three pieces of positive. And that reminds me of, I was working with with a group about eight years ago uh, and I was doing a session on feedback and <clears throat> a participant in the session put up their hand, and say, Chris, uh, how do you feel about the shit sandwich? And I thought, well, it doesn't sound great, uh, but I don't know what that is. And they said, well, you know, we, we, we've taught it here at, at our company. And what it is is, you know, you've got something hard you need to say someone. So you say something nice about them first, then you hit them with what you really want to say, and then you finish with something nice. So they go away happy. And I said, oh, okay, I get it. I didn't know that was called a shit sandwich. Uh, how do I feel about it? Well, it's funny because I've learned and grown and, evol- grown and evolved a lot over the years, and I'm still working on a lot of this. But my, re- my response then is, is still very similar now, which is what I like about that sandwich is that it, it's that the deliverer of the message is putting some thought into how are my words going to impact the person, Right. Meaning I don't want to blow them up. I don't want to demoralize them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sandwich it with some bread that's really easier, more palatable. So I do like that about it. What I don't like about it is it's kind of disingenuous and insincere. So what I'd rather see is if there's two great things that need to be said, say them freely when they come up. And if there's something that doesn't feel so great that needs to be said, say that. It's sort of like you're earning the right to do both because you regularly do both and it's not an event. And, and in, a, in a culture where feedback is very healthy, it's freely given up and down and sideways. And what I mean by that is the most the, you know, senior person on the team regularly gives both constructive and positive feedback to their team members. The team members regularly give feedback to their manager of both kinds, and the team members give each other feedback. And that's when they really understand that feedback is fuel, it's information. When you share feedback, honest feedback with someone, it's a sign of trust. If I trust you, I can share something with you that I know could possibly hurt your feelings or possibly you know, knock you off track for a little bit. Nobody loves hearing constructive feedback. I don't care who you are. I mean, I'm a coach for a living and a facilitator, and there's many rooms that I work in where I'm not even finished, and the person, the sponsor that brought me in hands out the feedback form the evaluation form and I know in there there's evaluate evaluate your facilitator and they're not allowed to leave the room until that's filled out and then they get brought up to the front and they get handed to me and I'm looking and and guess what yes there's going to be lots of great things about me I've been doing this a long time I'm proud of my skill set as a facilitator and there's things that people don't like and I'm bracing myself I'm ignoring the 18 things that said, oh, we loved his engagement, his energy, he was down to earth, he's easy to listen to. And I skip by that and I look for the thing that says he skipped that or he did this in a way that I didn't like or I would like more of that. And it's sort of like bracing for a kick in the stomach. I'd rather have a, a, a diet of positive feedback. Like who wouldn't? And I've learned that the constructive feedback is where growth happens, right? And it doesn't matter how good you are at your job, How experienced you are how long you've been on the planet being open to feedback means you're open to learning and growing and evolving so for those of you struggling with I I just find it so difficult to give people feedback one of the things to ground yourself in is that feedback is about behavior it's not about character so you know criticism usually is around character and oftentimes characters Character is not going to change, but behavior can change, right? So when you are sharing honestly, openly about someone's behavior, you're actually giving them an opportunity to do better because we know behavior can change. And in the workplace as a manager, that's what we're supposed to be managing people's behavior towards results. You know, at the end of the day, who they are away from work, it doesn't really matter if they show up in a workplace and behave in a way that creates productivity and morale and everything that you want in good long-term employees. So reminding yourself, both when you're giving and receiving feedback, that it is about behavior. Keep focused on the behavior. And I'm gonna share with you in a few minutes a, a couple of models here that that help you dial in and, and make sure that you're referring to the behavior. Another thing to be aware of with regard to your own mindset around feedback is what's the immediate culture that you're in yourself around feedback? Because we know that you're either a beneficiary or a victim of the feedback culture that you're living in with your manager. So if you're one of the lucky ones that reports to someone who regularly and freely gives both positive and constructive feedback, it becomes normalized and it becomes a leadership behavior that your manager is reinforcing. Even if they don't say anything to you, you're seeing it and you're feeling it as something productive. So you will naturally be more inclined to do that with your team. On the other hand, you're starved of feedback, and I work with many leaders who are, where you know, they're, they're just dying for their manager to throw them a bone. Like, give me something. Give me something I can improve on. Give me something that, that you'd like to see me keep doing. So if you are starved of feedback, you're less likely to freely offer feedback and develop feedback culture. And anyone that's worked with me for a while knows that I don't let you use your manager's uh, lack of skill set or capacity as an excuse for you to not perform at a higher level. So if your manager is starving you of feedback, say, okay, I know what that feels like. It's gonna stop here. So from me on down in the organization, feedback is gonna be done, talked about, taught, shared, right? And guess what? You're allowed to go to your manager and say, hey, boss, can I give you some feedback? And that feedback might be that you actually need some feedback and explain to them that it's about your behavior and you're okay with it. You know, you're not perfect and you're proud of this, that, and the other, and you're curious about this, that, and the other, and you want to grow in these areas. And unless they're willing to share feedback with you, it's going to be hard for you to grow because it's an investment. Like taking the time to share feedback with someone by the way in case i forget to say it at some point during this podcast if someone does take the time to share with you feedback specifically constructive the first thing that you should be saying is thank you for the feedback whether you agree with it whether you completely understand it or not we want to encourage people and again i'm not asking you to play a fool if someone's insulting you criticizing you I, I don't think you should be thanking them for that. I think you you should be <laughs> uh, having another conversation. But when someone takes the time to give you honest feedback about your behavior, whether it's positive or constructive, f- get in the habit of thanking them. And that's going to reinforce in your brain, in your physiology, the value of it. Now, in, in terms of how to give feedback, there's numerous, there's probably a dozen different models and tools that have been out there in the management books and leadership books over the years. Um, I'm gonna touch on two of them that I've had exposure to over my career that are sort of time-tested and true. They're very simple. I think simple is important. I think when we try and make things too complex, it has too many moving parts, um, leaders and managers are less likely to take them on, A, because you just don't have the, the bandwidth and capacity to add something, and then also the the simpler it is, the more likely it is that you'll, you'll put it into your arsenal and use it regularly. Um, so one that I, I fell in love with years ago, I think it was called the back of the napkin performance review. And incidentally, <laughs> uh, and sadly, many of you and many people on your teams only get feedback on their annual or quarterly performance review. That's not what I'm talking about here. In fact, the performance review should just be like a, um, a written, and verbal confirmation of what you and the employee or you and your manager already know about your behavior and performance. So if you're regularly giving feedback, the performance review should be less an event, less shocking, less terrifying because you've been taking the temperature along the way. Everybody has an understanding. So this is the back of the napkin one and um, some people refer to that or start, stop, keep doing. So think about this, if everyone on your team on a say weekly to monthly basis, understood what behavior you'd like them to start doing or do more of, what behavior you'd like them to stop doing or do less of, and what behavior you'd like them to keep doing, and why. And the why is very important here. So if I just said, uh, Adriana, I need you to speak up more at these meetings, I'm making a request. So intellectually, she's like, okay, my boss wants me to do something. But there's also a part of her going, well, why? Why are you, what's in it for me to change this behavior? Why why would I, right? So the why is kind of the magic. And what I love about these models is I always ask leaders to to run their feedback through the model first before they share it with the employee. Because if I don't have a good why, if I can't connect the dots to why I'd like Adriana to speak up more at meetings, then it's not gonna be very impactful or or, um, enticing for her to take it on. But if I explain that, well, I know you're new to the team and I know you come from another country and English is your second language, but you're on the team for a reason. We want and need your thoughts and ideas. And so if you come to the meeting and don't share, you're actually robbing the rest of us of your ideas You're robbing yourself of an opportunity to express yourself and and be connected to the team. So I understand that it may be uncomfortable and I'm here to support you. And part of your job is to contribute. And so when you explain it that way, all of a sudden there's a motivation, there's a connecting of the dots, right? So if we're able to articulate what you'd like, someone on your team to start doing, stop doing and keep doing and why, And like I said, you could literally write this on a post-it note. Imagine if you knew today those three things, what your manager wanted you to be focusing on, say for the next month or two. Imagine if your manager was able to articulate what they'd like you to start doing or do more of, stop doing or do less of, and keep doing, and why. How much more clarity and conviction you'd have about going through your day-to-day life, your day-to-day job, And, and the satisfaction you'd feel when you started to change these behaviors and feel improvements. So that's start, stop, keep doing. Now the other model that I've been using lately with um, teams and organizations and in workshops is what's called the SBI or Situation, Behavior, and Impact. Again, I like it because it's simple. What it does is it grounds the person getting the feedback and giving the feedback into the important pieces. So what's the situation? Well, the situation is, let's say I wanted to acknowledge Kareem. So he's done a great job lately. Um, He's really showing up for the team, okay? So if I just said, hey, Kareem, great job, love having you on the team. Well, that feels okay, right? His manager's giving him some acknowledgement, some recognition, a pat on the back. But it's still a little bit vague so if i use the situation behavior and impact i bring them back to the situation and i say cream do you remember last week we had two new employees start and what i watched you do was help them become part of the team very quickly i noticed that you made sure they found their way to their desks you had someone they made sure they had someone to have lunch with you know, you encourage them. You you showed them where you know the the intranet is, and all the that type of effort, that type of extra effort, that's really not in your job description um, shows leadership, and and it's it's the type of teamwork that we want here. So when you do things like that, not only does it make my job easier, Kareem, but it inspires others around you to behave in that way, and you help two new employees feel part of something. So now. As much as me saying, hey, good job, we love having you around, felt nice, now Kareem has a very specific picture of what the behavior was, right? When it happened, what it, what it looks like, and the impact of it. And so if you if you run your feedback that you're gonna give through someone, uh, to someone through that filter, you know, sometimes you may, you may realize that, oh, I don't even know, I don't remember the last time it happened. Well, you know, maybe you waited too long to give the feedback and it doesn't fit anymore, right? So running it through the filter, helps you organize your thoughts so that they'll get delivered in a way that's meaningful and impactful. Often um, when I'm doing this work, I I get uh, questions around the timing of feedback. Should we um, give positive or constructive feedback in private, in a group setting? And I don't think there's one right answer for all of these but i'll I'll endeavor to, to answer a few of those common questions here that i get and one of them is around when is the right time to give feedback well in general sooner than later and the reason i say that is because most people sit on it they either procrastinate because it's uncomfortable or they the story they tell themselves they don't have enough time and i i think as soon as possible is a great uh rule of thumb with an awareness of the setting and the environment and the emotions and so what do i mean by that well Let's say somebody did something really stupid. They, they, did, they behaved in a way that was detrimental and it caused a problem, right? Maybe they, um, they, they broke a piece of equipment on the shop floor or maybe they spoke to someone in a way in a, in a meeting, a client or a colleague that really upset the person, right? Well, so an event happened and there was an obvious result that wasn't positive. Likely the person, the offender, has an awareness of it they're probably feeling badly about it they're probably emotional around it so it's probably not the ideal time to point out to them what that behavior was they're already feeling the impact right so maybe later that day or tomorrow when the physiology has calmed a bit it would be more appropriate to say hey you know yesterday was rough can i share some feedback about what happened right so an awareness of The emotions both the emotions of of say the person getting the feedback and also your emotions i know if i'm angry that's not a great time for me to give feedback if i'm scared it's not a great time for me to give feedback so you're you're wanting to pay attention to both the emotions of the people involved the person you're giving you're giving feedback to and your and your own emotions um the, the the idea of i used to have people say well i was taught to praise in public and criticize in private it's like okay it's one of those kind of sweeping statements that we made for years and i think there's some value to that because again it's saying you know we want to build people up we want them to feel confident um, and we don't want to blow them up in front of others but i don't i don't buy it completely and here's why i think we need to think about the reason we're sharing the feedback and the value of sharing that feedback either in private or in public so if it's um, let's say it's a safety issue, and someone does something that's that's in a violation of the the safety, whether it's emotional safety or physical safety of themselves and others around them, I think it's appropriate to give that feedback, constructive feedback in a group setting, saying, uh, "Hey, George, I I, I, j- I just need to call out. You know, um, yesterday I saw this, and." What, what happened is you put yourself and others at risk and we really can't be doing that and here's why, right? So the value of that is if you only said that to George in private, there's an opportunity lost to maybe educate or reinforce the importance of a behavior to others. So if it's something that others could fall into, then absolutely. Now, I remember my first week as a manager when basically I got promoted in an afternoon and my boss and I switched seats, and it was the weirdest thing, and I was—I think I was 24 years old, and I got called into the general manager's office, and they, they basically offered me a promotion. So, okay, your boss now reports to you, <laughs> and you're their boss. And late in that week, they asked me to deliver feedback to someone who was probably 35, 40 years my senior, and the feedback they wanted me to give them was that they have body odor and they should shower more. Now imagine that. And I remember in the moment thinking, you know what, you can keep your $8,000 a year raise. This ain't worth it. There's, there's no part of me that wants to share that information. And you know, I realized that that's part of leadership and management is you're gonna have to have some, um, some conversations that feel uncomfortable. Now that kind of feedback, yes, it's about a behavior, but it's very personal and private. So the value of me sharing that feedback in front of a group is is none unless, you know, I had a team full of people that didn't take care of their personal hygiene. So that was a conversation that's best had one-on-one because it's very delicate and personal, right? But it's it still had to happen. So I think it's about having an awareness of the impact and it's the same thing with with, you know, positive feedback is like if we want to reinforce the behavior um, you know, we're we're trying to create cultures that are more inclusive um, more diverse and more aware well if you see someone on your team behaving in that way I think it serves everybody well for you to share that feedback in front of others so it's like yes this isn't just something we wrote on our wall this isn't just part of our values or a mission statement this is how we roll and so calling it out reinforces it because like I said at the beginning when you share feedback you're creating alignment you're reinforcing the consistency with how you say you want your team to behave and how you're actually holding them accountable to behave. Well, hopefully uh, what you've gotten here joining me on the podcast today is a, um, maybe a renewed appetite or um, energy around giving feedback. Um, like, like everything else that we teach and share here, you don't have to be perfect. Nobody needs you to be perfect. Um, But we need you to try and, and, you know, feedback's a great thing that you can get better at just uh, changing your awareness about it. I always encourage people to practice and, and you can practice it away from the workplace. Don't practice it with your partners and spouses. It's just (laughs) take it from me. There's other places you can practice. I always say like, if you're in a, um, if you're in a restaurant, right. And you know, the meal comes out, the server usually comes around either way too late or way too soon, or at just the right time, and say, how's the first few bites, right? Be honest. Say, "Ah, I've had better. <laughs> and, you know, it's not personal. I know you didn't make it, but you asked me, it, you know, it's a little bland, or ah, it's not hot enough, or say, it's fantastic, right? This, this is one of the best tuna melts I've ever had. <laughs> like, j- Just practice being honest about your experience, about, you know, uh, if, if you went to your mechanic and you had to wait, Longer than you thought and say, well, you know how's the service say, well, actually you know my expectation is I wait fifteen to thirty minutes I was waiting an hour and a half it that felt like my time wasn't valued right so the more we practice saying I'm not trying to tear you down or hurt you, I'm sharing information because I care um, I think the better you'll get at it. And, and um, you know, it's like any, any new uh, musical instrument or sport that you practice, the more reps you get, the, the more comfortable you get, the better it is. So um, hopefully, like I said, you've got some tools, some ideas a mindset here to encourage you to start giving more feedback. And like I touched on earlier, once you get good at that, then we'll, we'll get you out asking for feedback, like really mining for it and encouraging others. And um, you know, it is a tool that that improves trust and fosters an environment of continuous improvement and self awareness and open communication. Everything that we're looking for in the workplace. Um, and to that end, um, you know, here at the Real Leadership Podcast i'm always looking for feedback and and i do it is like fuel for me both the feedback that says oh chris we like the way you do this and oh it'd be kind of cool if you did less of that or more of this or why don't you ever do this so please 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 reach out um share what you like what you don't like what you'd like to see more of or less of we do you know i'm on this journey of continuous improvement with you and um I didn't want to lose this this chance to ask you for some feedback so uh thank you for joining go go out and have fun with it don't be precious um and just just one more little note that i'll share with you that i i neglected to mention in the in the content here i heard this expression one time um, because we know that candor is important right being candid with people which means being honest and i heard this beautiful expression that said uh candor without compassion can be cruelty so just when you think about being honest with someone about their behavior just have some appreciation for how it's going to land and and the way to manage that is if you're doing it to help if you're sharing even the hardest thing about someone's behavior in the spirit of helping them enlightening them helping them grow then that's compassion and you can really you can share all the truth you want so thank you for joining me today and we'll look forward to talking soon The Real Leadership Podcast is produced by Chris Obst Leadership and Alive Creative Services. Thank you for listening.